0: Welcome to Raiders on the Record, the podcast featuring Hastings High School Athletics. I'm Athletic Director Trent Hansen. My colleague Tim Hanenberg and I work together to bring you the stories of Raider sports. We are thrilled to share conversations with the athletes, coaches, and alumni that represent Raider Nation. Check back weekly and be sure to share this podcast with your friends in the Raiders Network.
1: Dr. Peter Zack is a 1996 graduate of Rochester Mill High School. After graduating from college, he spent time coaching and teaching in Mankato, Texas, Bloomington, and then found his way to Hastings. During his time at Hastings, Pete taught at both the middle school and high school, and coached a wide variety of sports. These sports include ninth grade football, middle school football, head coach for track and field, and an assistant for girls basketball. Pete was a coach on both the 1996 Girls Basketball State Championship Team and the 2001 Boys Football State Championship Team. Pete has also coached his four children in a variety of sports, such as football and basketball. Pete has some great stories from his years of coaching and awesome advice for parents, coaches, and student-athletes. Step back and enjoy. All right, here we are with Dr. Peter Zach, uh, Coach Zach. Walk us through here. We, we got a couple questions here to start off with uh, just to get some background information on you. So first one, let us know your hometown, what high school you graduated from, your graduation uh, year, and then uh, any other info about you growing up that uh, your fans here want to know about.
0: Oh, well, uh, good evening. I was uh, born in Rochester, Minnesota, a proud graduate of Rochester, Mail. I was a Spartan, graduated in 1986. Uh, growing up, I was... Uh, the son of a coach and math teacher, and the son of a stay-at-home mom who later went back to work uh, when I was 13 years old to become a nurse. So that was my uh, growing up with a with a dad who was a coach was an interesting way to grow up. You you learn certain things pretty quickly um, from your dad about what was important and, and kind of the path forward.
1: Oh, that's neat. So we do focus around a lot about sports here on the podcast. So walking back, take us down to Rochester, Minnesota. What was your, one of your best or one of your earliest sports memories growing up?
0: You know, I was kind of a, a border kid, Tim, when it was time for cuts, you you know, we we had majors and minors and I was always kind of the, the best minor and the worst major. And then (laughs) the next year I would go up and I would be one of the middle majors. And so I think memories were always tryouts was always interesting back then, um, Mm -hmm. see which team you were on, um, success. You know, I, I got to come up with the majors and pitch one time and we won a league championship for whatever that was worth. And I got to be part of that. Um, but the youth memories for me, the best youth memories were just playing with your buddies and the chance to play football with your buddies, uh, baseball, you know, we didn't have traveling sports. So that wasn't really a thing. I remember sixth grade, we were going to play hospitality house from Minneapolis and basketball. We thought that was the greatest thing ever because traveling just wasn't a thing. We were just and for good or bad, you, you played in-house sports, and um, after that, then you went and you played in the Big Nine Conference um, through high school. We didn't have a ton of exposure to what was going on in the metro area, and I think that was maybe part. Uh, it might have been nice to be exposed to that, but it was also nice just to kind of live in your own little world too. So that's what it was like in Rochester.
1: Nice, yeah. So growing up too, I always like asking this question and seeing uh, where people came from too. So. Take us back to Rochester once again. What was one of your first jobs growing up? We had a, I always bring it up now because it's happened so many times. We had a, I had a string of people come through that detasseled corn uh, and that was their first job growing up. And it sounds like one of the worst experiences of all time. So take us back to you growing up. What was one of your first jobs growing up?
0: Yeah, my first job growing up is I was a morning paper boy. Okay. And uh, we delivered papers. I, for three years, I delivered papers. meaning and I was up every morning delivering papers. And it was a Monday through Sunday route. Sunday mom and dad would drive me once in a while because it was, those papers were heavier on Sundays, but for the most part, you were on your own. Yeah. And uh, th- that's just what you did. And I didn't know any differently. I just got up every day until finally in ninth grade. I didn't have my paper on anymore and life was pretty good sleeping in just a little bit longer. But those early lessons teach you a lot of things like discipline and there's no sick days when you, when you're the paper guy, the paper needs to be delivered. So figure it out and get them delivered.
1: Yeah. It reminds me. Of, you ever hear the Mitch Hedberg joke about deliver newspapers? He's like, no. I, I had a he goes, I had a paper route. I had to go to 120 houses or one dumpster. <laughs> so that was, I always like that one. That was always a good one.
0: The best and the saddest three weeks yet. The best three weeks is when the Minneapolis Tribune actually went on strike and didn't produce newspapers for three weeks. It was the greatest three <laughs> weeks because it was it, it was a nice break.
1: But then you get out of your sweet su- su- uh, your sleep schedule, and then you got to get back to it, and then it, it's probably that, a little that's rough coming exactly, back. Huh?
0: Yeah, that, and every every you know, I spent my profits on buying a cookie at Hardee's uh, during the paper <laughs> route. So, uh, but it was a it was a nice thing to do when you were a kid.
1: Do you think that you talked about the discipline with that paper route? Do you think that transitioned you uh, into sports
0: pretty well too? He, he, oh, absolutely. Um, probably more than anything was just um, commitment. You know, the, like I said, the papers needed to be delivered, and you were the guy that was going to deliver them, come rain or shine. Um, I rem- I still remember when they struck. I wrote personal notes on all the newspapers, um, and and taped them to the front page of the paper. And a couple of people actually called the people at the Star Tribune and said it was just nice that my paper boy let me know what was going on. And uh, you know, those little extra things I think I think you learn, and that actually for me, Tim, led to my job as a senior in high school where I actually worked for the Rochester Post Bulletin. I I wrote a column, um, every week on school notes. So it was always a love of journalism and a love of being around the newspaper. I was editor of my school paper. And, um, so that, that's what really led to my love of sports and journalism. In fact. Yeah. And we'll get to
1: it later, but, um, obviously your son Colby is down in uh, Missouri right now doing the same thing. So do you think, uh, you kind of pass on a little bit of that to to your son Colby?
0: Yeah, I, I, yeah, just, uh, I actually went to the university of minnesota to be a journalist i was going to be the next sid hartman i got in their school of journalism. clearly that probably worked out because sid only died a couple of years ago um but that was always my dream to be in journalism and then we'll probably talk later but things started changing dramatically when i started working with kids
1: yeah oh that's awesome so take us back or not take us back take us to where we're at at now um let's walk through your current role your occupation and then um, and then we'll get to some other stuff too we'll, we'll rewind a little bit in, in a little bit too as well
0: Sure well currently I'm the assistant principal at Egan High School. Uh, I'm in my 17th year at Egan um, in the same role um, we're, we have the same we've had the same principal's team at Egan now for 16 years so we're with a lot of people that we trust a great deal. I really have one of the best jobs possible and uh, so that's what I've been doing now for the past 17 years. Yeah, so walk us back
1: then. Uh, Let's start at the beginning of your educational career. Where did you start teaching right away? Um, When did you get into coaching? What sports you coached? And uh, yeah, let's just kind of walk through there.
0: Sure. So where it really uh, started for me was my sophomore year of college um, at the University of Minnesota. I went to Maine um, and worked at a sports camp, and I did that for 10 summers. And it was at Maine where I realized that I really enjoyed coaching. I loved working with kids. It was also like coaching at an orphanage where you only had to see the parents on parents weekend. And that was it. you just got to coach. And so it's, it was easy to fall in love with coaching. I then was a student in Mankato West, or Mankato State High School. I did some coaching while I was at Mankato West in College, worked for an amazing man who was a lawyer who, again, we were back to 5 a.m. practices and uh, learned a ton of from a fellow named Bailey Blathen. Um After that, I, after college, I graduated, and I decided I wanted to go south so, and I wanted to coach football in Texas. So I went to Texas and I coached football for a couple of years, uh, opening uh, Freeport middle school. My first year, my second year leaving with the principal to open up a brand new school in Clear Creek, Texas, which is in league city. Um, And then getting to coach really everything you wanted to coach uh, when I was down there. My first year, I taught Texas history, which is interesting. It was a year long course uh, coming from Minnesota. That was interesting. I coached football, basketball and track and as I was leaving to the new middle school, interesting, the head football coach who didn't teach, they just coach football, came to me and Freddie Bolton was his name. And Freddie's, about a, two weeks before we were getting ready to end the school year, said, I heard you're leaving. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to Clear Creek. He goes, well, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make you, I'm going to bring you to the high school to teach here. I'm going to make you my cross country coach. You And you'll be my receivers coach in football, but receivers coach, you can do, I know that at the same time, but you just practice cross country in the morning. You'll be the receivers coach in the afternoon you'll be the assistant basketball coach and you'll be the assistant track coach all at the high school what do you think of that you know and back then i was like well, but i'd already committed and i'd already committed to this um man named doug reed to go open up a new middle school and so did that went there for a year and with always the desire to come back to minnesota i just all my family and friends were here interviewed at hastings high school uh rich Clymer was the principal then did not get hired um, by Rich, but Rich called Lenny Schwartz, who was a principal at the middle school, said, you need to meet this guy. I interviewed at the middle school and got hired at the middle school. I taught there for oh, four years. Um, while I was teaching there, I was also coaching girls basketball, track, uh, and football at the middle school. Then I became a ninth grade football coach when I came to the high school. Um, went into Rich's office one day and there was a social studies position open. And I said, Rich, I, I wonder if you'd consider me for the um, high school social studies position. This is, and he said, Give me five minutes. I got to talk to the department chair, um, got hired and was at the high school for three years, uh, actually, four years. Uh, went and opened up the new high school. And at that time, Rich Clymer, who was a real mentor to me, um, talked to me about just life in general and about making some money. And my, my wife, Michelle, and I were to the point where We wanted her to be able to stay home with our kids if in fact we had kids so that's when I decided well it's time to become a principal and through Rich's guidance and others, Paul Veit, Mike Johnson became a principal um, in Bloomington for four years, and then moved from Bloomington Olson middle school to Eagan High School and that's where that's where I landed as as a principal, I still miss teaching a great deal. I really do it was was the best, it was probably the best part of my life teaching and coaching. Um, this this part of my life is not too bad either, but there's just something about being a teacher and a coach. Uh, so obviously,
1: <clears throat> over that long teaching uh, span as well, and probably a little bit in the principal stuff, you, you've done a lot of coaching. Maybe walk us through some of the you you kind of hit on a little bit of the coaching, um, sure. a lot of the teams you did, but maybe go in a little bit uh, more depth about um, maybe some of the the teams you coach, or some of the bigger highlights of those teams as well, and then uh, maybe some of the b- kind of big experiences you had with those teams as well.
0: Sure. Yeah. So when I, so, um, middle school sports in Texas, like I said, into the high school. And then when I came to Hastings, uh, Don Miller hired me to be the boys, uh, head track and field coach, uh, which I really enjoyed that a great deal. Um, Trent Hansen actually was one of my jumpers, um, just missed out on going to state, um, Trent did, and he was just such a great competitor and a great practice, or even as a senior in high school kid that was still dedicated to what he was doing in track and field, uh, really enjoyed track and field. It, you know, there's two types of sports. There's sports like track and field or, or wrestling where you're either better than your, your teammate or you're not. And that's how coaches a lot of times determine lineups. Sports like basketball and football, there's more subjectivity involved. Um, so that was nice to coach a sport like track where you're, you're fast, you you go here. The really, the only subjectivity was relay. So uh, I, I really enjoyed coaching track. At the same time I was coaching track, I was coaching middle school football. And then I was the assistant girls basketball coach um, to a gal named uh, Melissa Young, who lasted a year. Um, I had interviewed to be the head coach and didn't get it. And and then um, the next year I interviewed when Melissa left and Don hired Nicole Shaw, which is a great hire. Um, She took over the girls program and I got to be her assistant. And I was her assistant for four years. Um, Highlights with the girls basketball was you know, they had had a lot of change or a lot of different coaches that had come through. And uh, it was important for us to establish some continuity. Um, I think the girls would probably still remember uh, two-a-day practices, you know, getting up in the morning or going out for a run before practice actually began, um, even in the afternoon, maybe back to the mornings. Um, and just, you know, I think with basketball, just we had we had a lot of talent. I mean, even, even in Melissa Young's first year and in Nicole and I with our first year, you know, the Diddy kid was really a, just a terrific player and um complimented by a lot of kids that played college sports. And people look back and say, God, they were so good. But Will Hastings ever get that? I don't know. You know, get six kids on the same team that all go and play college sports. You know, that's, yeah. that's really how you're going to do it. And, you know, we, we had some success with the girls and then, you know, uh, it was interesting the year that we won the, We won the state title in 1996. And that was probably probably the pivotal year in my life. Um, You know, my dad being an old coach, uh, when I got hired in Hastings, first of all, he just said, well, that's the school with the field. I'm like, okay, you know, for a guy, my dad being a former head football coach at Kimball, Minnesota, knowing about Hastings being, you know, is just for the field and coming to Hastings. So mom and dad would come watch. And then dad was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer the year before he won the state championship. Um, and in fact the year that we won the state championship dad died in January of that season and I still remember um, my mom my mom calling me in in science class at the time I was at the middle school and saying you need to come home and mom had never called and said you need to come home so um, the interesting thing about that is we were playing tartan that night both teams were 12 and two and we were playing them for first place in the conference and so I came home and knowing that we had that game and You know, you were. I was young then. I was 27. I was 28, and I, you know, wasn't thinking as as well as I should have. And I still remember Tim talking to my dad, who was on his deathbed essentially, and saying, "Dad, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to Hastings. I'm gonna coach in that game, and then I'm gonna come back. I'll be back around midnight." By then, Dad was pretty incoherent, and my mom said, "Yep, that's what you're gonna do." And as I was, you know, you kind of make this, and then. My wife Michelle eventually said, "I don't think that's the right thing to do." Oh. And you know, the voice of reason, right? Mm-hmm. So I stayed back, and it was interesting. My dad did pretty well, and at about midnight, he really started slipping. So I think my dad really thinks I went back to coach that game, <laughs> which you could. I, I I never speak for the dead, and it bothers me people speak. For, but I think that's probably what he wanted me to do: is go coach the game. So the hard part about that, Tim, was, you know, your dad's. I was eulogizing my father at his funeral, and I looked out, and there was the basketball team. And, um, this would have been February 2nd, we were really hitting a groove and we were just beating everybody. And, and for those girls and for me, I think that was a kind of appreciation of, you know, it's really more than just sports here. Um, they saw their coach at a very vulnerable stage. We, I came back and met with the girls a couple of days after the, after the funeral and I was ready to go and we cried together and, uh, it was a pretty powerful moment. I think it brought a lot of us together. Um, if we weren't all ready together, I was okay, we're on page and we're going to it by no means that's why we won the state championship, but it was just one of those defining moments for me as a coach. And then to take the girls and really roll through sections and get to Williams arena and play. And, you know, those kids faced a lot of adversity when we went to Williams arena, people forget we were supposed to play the nine o'clock game, but the Gophers had an NIT game. So the nine o'clock game ended up being a 3 PM game. And we got a technical foul in the third quarter for a, Illegal substitution, something that would never be called, and it was called. And and a girl by the name of Leslie Miller hit about five jump shots for us to win the game in that semi-in that quarterfinal against Burnsville. Semi-final. Uh, we played be The kicker before that was Rochester Mayo and osseo played before us, and they were the two best teams in the state, clearly. Six D1 kids. And you know, we were just this team from Hastings in blue and gold jerseys. And they played, and Williams Arena actually went to the second deck that game. First time a girls' tournament had ever done. Well, there they go play in just an amazing game. And Osseo beats Mayo and and uh, well, here comes the Raiders. So we ended up beating Osseo. our shock shock be like 3933, and it was ugly. It was just ugly. And I, I've heard some of the girls on podcast talk about, you know, the next day I'm in the hotel room and Don Miller, athletic director at the time, calls it, have you read the paper? Have you read the paper? I'm like, no, Don, I haven't read the I haven't read the paper yet. Get the paper and read the paper. So I get the paper and the governor had come out and said that game should have been the championship and it was decided. And so we got Nicole and um, the head coach and we pulled the girls together at the hotel. And said, we're going back, we're going back to Hastings. Uh, This is Saturday morning, we're gonna get a shower and have a shoot around and ride the bus back. And you you just kind of make those decisions on the fly and um, did that, had our shoot around, got back to Williams Arena to play sitting there about an hour before the game and dark star who worked for WCCO comes down and sits next to Nicole Sean and says coach Sean dark star from WCCO. And all of a sudden it just hit me like, Ooh, this is kind of a big deal. This is if CCO is broadcasting and I would hear stories later of people driving through Kentucky coming back from spring break and getting the signal on CCO at night and listening to the championship, um, the best part of that whole experience, Tim, or there were a lot of greats, but one was just walking around in the lobby an hour before and just seeing all the people from Hastings. It was awesome. It was like this community really um, embraced these girls and what they were doing. And uh, it was cool to see a community do that. Um, we won the championship um, after the game. I still remember Pat Regan had sent a coach bus for us and, and, uh, the girls decided it's we're gonna ride we're gonna ride the school bus because the Kniffs were the ones that had brought us to and from every game and uh, we rode that school bus home as the best decision we ever made because uh, when we crossed the bridge into Haston, I remember um, at, the, at the point now it's a holiday station up top on Highway 61 we could see line a line of cars coming down from the hill to the right of Highway 61 they're like okay and they had a caravan and the police were waiting for us and the police drove us through town and as we crossed the bridge the old Jury's Inn was. Was there at the time, and Danny McGinnis had emptied the bar, and all of them were out on the bus giving us high fives. Things you couldn't do in a coach bus, right? Yeah. But in school bus, you could do that. And came back and had a pep rally. I saw friends of my brothers who I didn't even know were basketball fans. They came back for the pep rally. <laughs> Seven hundred people back in the gym, and great memories. We'd end up at the governor's mansion, and so those were those were the highlights of basketball season. We had the same type of highlights in football season where, you know, we just Bob Majeski and what he did. I mean it was unbelievable. But we also had dudes. I mean, we just flat out had dudes. We had great girl athletes and we had great boys at a time. I don't think Hastings will maybe ever see again in terms of kids that could just really play. And football had great success in the section finals and then broke away and I think played in six state tournaments and uh, winning the championship in 01, um, losing on the way to Creton but winning it in 01 was just, uh, you know, just great memories for the kids and for me
1: two things i want to ask you about too about that number one it it did get brought up a couple times uh the newspaper article that was written about the um our 1996 basketball team and i remember uh i think it was Erin. she was saying in her interview she said hey let's write them back or or something along those lines or let's write them back and call them that um (laughs) that we're 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 not this little town and we're we're, uh they better come to play and then uh I i think she said you you were the one that stepped up and said let's just go out there and beat them. You know, yeah. that we don't need it. We don't need to write them back. Let's just go out there and beat them. You know? So she said that was pretty powerful that they're like, yeah, let's just go out there and, and show them up. So I thought that yeah, was pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Words are cheap, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's, it's your actions. They just put us in a no lose situation. Let's just go out and play. And mm-hmm. we played with like a team with no pressure and they played like a team with uh pretty tight, pretty tight sphincters uh, really through the whole game. They pulled ahead of by 11 in the third quarter and we became a, Bessie Talfuss hit a big shot at the end of the third quarter to bring it to even. And uh, it was great. One of the things we did during that season, Tim, was um, we scrimmaged against the ninth grade boys constantly and Jake Moore. And he would bring his boys and he would make equal teams out of his boys, but our boys and girls would go at it. And it was just fantastic. So Jake and, and, you know, he had his role in football and he's such a great ninth grade basketball coach, but he had a, a huge role in developing that girls basketball team for the willingness to, give his practice time to make our girls better. And we made his kids better too, but those were the really fun parts. I still remember seeing Jake in the, in the stands right when we went down for halftime and we both were tied. And cause we didn't have a, no one gave us a chance. And Jake and I made eye contact. It's like, okay, here we go. We got this. And uh, it ended up turning out pretty well for us. Yeah. Uh,
1: another parallel, I think is pretty neat between the basketball, the girls basketball season. And, uh, the boys is, uh, then 1995, the girls basketball season, uh, t- or team, I should say, they took second in the sections and I uh, didn't make it to the state tournament. And then obviously the next year they, they punched through and the boys football team, obviously they take second, uh, in 2000 and then they win it in 2001. What do you think being associated with both those teams? What do you think that maybe loss taught them or taught the coaches or taught the girls, or maybe, um, kind of put that, that hunger in them to come back the next year and do even better than the year before?
0: You know, I think that when, when you get to that final, you're just kind of on a roll and you're, you're at times you're happy to get to the final. Okay, let's see what happened. I said it before, you know, we really have nothing to lose. Um, but there is such a big difference between um, a section final and breaking through to the state tournament. And that's probably the hardest thing you do, right? I, and I, I've seen that in almost every sport where once you break through, you, you know what it takes and you're willing to work even harder the next year to get to that level. And you know, truthfully, Tim, we were as good. We were as good the year after we won the state tournament. Uh, we still were really good, and we got upset in the section semis by Stillwater. And we still had a hell of a team that probably would have made a run in the state tournament. Just, you know, basketball is a short game, and sometimes the balls just don't bounce the way you want them to bounce.
1: Yeah. So you get done. we um, maybe wrapping up with uh, you coaching uh, high school sports too, but talk to us about coaching your own sons. Obviously, you've had a bunch of sons that have come through the high school. Um, multiple different sports as well. You know, obviously football, basketball, track, and tennis are really big in your family. So walk us through all those sports and, and how cool it's been to see your own boys come through the high school and to be a part of their lives growing up, uh, coaching them as well. And all those friends as well uh, over the past, you know, 18, 20 years.
0: Yeah. You know, I really wasn't going to coach my boys. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was a principal. I'd already done the coaching thing. And I just really wanted to watch them play and really sit back and enjoy the moment then I spent one baseball practice with a good fella, good fella, um, who just didn't really understand coaching, you know, in, in terms of breaking kids up in stations and, you know, having activity. And I was in the outfield of our, of a T-ball team and, um, standing in the other outfield with his T-ball team was, um, Todd Levis. And, uh, I still remember, and Todd will tell you a story too. I looked at Todd Levis and I said, Levis next year, you and I, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay. And that led to he and I coaching probably for 10 years together. And, um, so that was the value I got one of coaching was just the relationships you made with all your, your fellow coaches and, um, having those relationships, but then, you know, the chance to coach your kids is, um, the greatest thing you can ever do. And I, and I've said that, you know, football, we had a great run and it was really fun. And, you know, being on the ninth grade staff was cool. You're up in the press box thing and basketball was really intimate being on, you know, as the assistant, but there is still nothing better than a little Raider Saturday. Mm -hmm. There is nothing better when it's. 42 degrees and the the steam is kind of coming off the kids and and the sun is breaking through and uh you're just sending these kids into I believe was football is the best sport there is and the chance that you get to do that with your kids and their buddies is pretty special so um little raiders was a, was my passion I loved their men. I wasn't going to coach little raiders either I and Bob Majewski called me and said we need another coach and I said, "All right, I'll I'll, I'll coach." And uh, best decision I ever made. Coach six years of Little Raiders with the kids all the way through Joe and Levi, Colby, and then Brady. Um, I had fun with that. Royal blue forever is what we said. And then Brady played on silver, and it was okay. But royal blue is kind of our color. Um, baseball, you know, Tim. I think as as parents, you've you've got to make decisions with kids, and you could put kids in all these traveling programs and all that kind of stuff. And I think by the end, it's a lot. And a lot of kids do it and they're successful. With our boys, we were just, we were going to play in-house baseball. Um, Jim Olson and some others created this Raider Nation program, which we just loved. So we played Raider Nation. um, And it just gave us, our kids a great in-house experience. My kids still talk about Cubs and being on the Mets and all those types of things. So, and for us, it was summertime you know, we could go to the cabin and do those types of things and play in-house baseball. Then we had the little Raiders tennis, you know, I didn't coach as much tennis. I I didn't Sadie Reiners and the amazing tennis program at Hastings took care of that. I I just got to be a fan in the chair, but it was Steve Nielsen. And it's just the benefit of playing all the sports who I think the boys were in fifth grade. And I said, have you ever thought about tennis for your boys? You know, we were baseball players, macho baseball players. I said, no, not really. And sixth grade, Joe played tennis in the family and Joe fell in love with it. Even Levi fell in love with it, even though he was a better thrower than he was a tennis player. He could still play tennis. Uh, So we just had a great chance in tennis, but the chance to coach your boys and just teach them all the values and, you know, what you really believe in and and the the hard work and most importantly, how to play the game, I think is the most important thing you do as a a youth coach. Uh, The kids still come around and I'm still referred to as coach by Joe and Levi's friends. Um, and that's important to me because for them, I, 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 think we were good role models and good leaders about how we were going to do things. We were going to do things the right way. We weren't afraid to compete. I see now these teams are they're, They win 10 AA state championships and things like that. And well, that just means if you didn't win AAA, that means there's 16 teams bearing you and what have you really accomplished. So we always tried to play up, up to the top level. Um, it was a challenge at times, but it was probably the most rewarding thing. I know Fike and the basketball program appreciated that, that we weren't trying to win some C ch- state championship. You know, we were just going to play. And we were 500, 500 or better, but the kids really enjoyed the competition. It's fun for them to see these kids now in college who they can say, we played against a lot of those kids. So that was the beauty of coaching your kids. And The other thing about coaching your kids is your, your wife's a part of it too, right? And all the moms and dads and those have become our lifelong friends. You know, that those are the the relationships that we built um, with those parents as as we were, as our kids were going through. And those are the people that we still hang out with.
1: Yeah, what, what about any challenges or difficulties coaching your own kids? Um, I know that sometimes it's hard to take off that hat, you know, when you get home that, that coaching hat and put it on the parenting one too, but um, any challenges or uh, how'd you navigate that and, and steer around those challenges in life? Yeah,
0: I think it was probably a bigger challenge for my kids than it was for me. Um, you know, I could, I could light up Levi on a regular basis, just, just because he just needed to be lit up. Um, and at times it was an example, like you're not afraid to light up your own kids. You probably go a little extra hard on your own kids um, when it's time for that discipline. So I think it's a little bit harder for them. Um, I never, to be honest with you, I never worried about playing my kids too much. It just, I just played the kids and whoever played, played And I very rarely ever thought to myself, I'm playing my kid. Now that's me. There might've been parents that were thinking that. I didn't really give a, didn't give a rip about that. So, um, you know, we just, we, we were just out there competing, but again, it, it wasn't about the games for me. It never was, it was about the practices and the, the skills that we were building in practice, the fundamental skills that we were building, the character lessons that we were teaching, um, you know, and I always told my parents, we're raising young men here. These are, these are future young men and, you know, if, if there was a challenge, it was parents at time and it was pretty simple. I would talk to parents and I would tell them players play, coaches coach and parents cheer. And that's all you do is you cheer. Um, if you wanna coach your kid, uh, your kid's gonna be sitting next to me. And we took care of that pretty early with one of our kids. Um, kids sat next to me and dad looked at me and I looked back at dad and dad goes, I got it. And you know, those things, if you if you nip those things in the bud early, um, we're, we're trying to raise parents as well as kids. And I think the parents that we sent to the high school level because their kids had played for us understood how to parent too. And, um, that was also gene too because we just had really great parents.
1: You talked about your dad uh, obviously as a coach I mean so you were looking up to him as well and, and maybe one of the biggest reasons why you got into coaching so um, if you want to talk about him that's great or, or talk about another coach that you really looked up to that kind of steered you into that education or steered you into the coaching route as well so who do you think that coach was that really had a big impact on you in your life?
0: You know to be honest to him I saw the toll that coaching took with my dad you know as a former head coach and high school coach it was hard for him and uh, he later became a ninth grade coach for like 20 years it's hard for him to coach me so that's really why i wanted to become a journalist and uh, Mm -hmm. then i realized like i said after that year that summer i spent in maine that i really wanted to work with kids then i appreciated my dad even more for what it was so he was always a great role model for me um you know the, the the coaches though that really stuck out would be like bob majeski um Nicole Shaw, who was our girls coach and the lessons I learned from people like Gary Burr, um, that I had a chance to coaches, but really, uh, Jake Moore is a coach that I just learned a ton from. I just, and my kids loved playing for him. He was hard boy. He was hard on kids, but man, the passion that he coached with and the commitment to excellence, you know, when your kids are practicing three hours a day or during winter break. And, and there's six of them that show up and two of them are your kids. You're like, okay this, this is, if he's going to be that committed to you, you be that committed to them. So I think Jake would probably be one of the ones that I probably most hold in the highest, highest regard.
1: So talk about your kids for a little bit too. Um, obviously you have four boys. Uh, if you just want to talk a little bit about each of them. And, and then I think we've talked a lot, uh, a lot about them so far, you know, and some of the, the um, sports they played and stuff like that. But if you want to give a, a little shout out to them and kind of what they're doing in life right now too, that'd
0: be great. I would love to do it. Yeah. I, Oldest Joe is going to graduate this spring from Eau Claire with a degree in um, business and data analytics, business marketing, data analytics. Something his mom and I know nothing about. His mom being a teacher, um, so he'll be he'll be out looking for a job. I still I think Joe still has a passion to work with kids, uh, but he's going to start with business, and I think someday dreams of opening up a summer camp. Um, Levi is going to student teach next fall. Uh, he'll get a degree in social studies uh, and teaching coach. Um, he's going to be a great coach, but he's going to be a really great teacher. He's just smarter than a whip. And, um, it was fun watching him the other day, get lesson plans ready and just, you know, coming from teachers, he just, he gets it. Colby's at uh, Missouri, second year, Missouri in journalism, just really having, having fun, um, working very hard, uh, volunteering three nights a week at the TV station, working two nights a week at the TV station. He's going to get what he earns and he knows he's in a business where, Um, he's got to, he's got to compete. And uh, so that's great. And the love of my life is Brady. Um, Brady's a senior this year at Hastings. Um, He's uh, just wrapped up his eight-year career as a ball boy uh, for the football team. Uh, He's basketball manager. After getting cut last year, he took on the role of manager and has really embraced that. Tennis, um, he's all conference in tennis last year. Um, He'll be on the varsity tennis team this year. Um, and he's just the joy of my life. He's my sports guy, flat out. Um, he's the guy that everything revolves around. Um, he next year, we're looking possibly there's a, a program at Bethel that he might be attending next year. So we're looking at that and trying to figure out some options for Brady.
1: Nice. That's awesome. Uh, moving forward, forward. Then, I guess, um, are you coaching anything else in the future? Are you kind of, you're hanging up the coaching hat? Uh, what are you looking forward to in the future? Um, I guess maybe how many more years you're staying with education? What, what are you thinking about for your future?
0: Yeah. You know, uh, after the boys were done and I was pretty much done coaching, then it was, you know, how do you get involved with the high school? And so I, I went to Fike and, um, Dana and Mick Willette, the coaches said, how can I help? And a lot of the things we did on our own were just things that we thought we would help the program, um, basketball, I got involved with DJ during games mm-hmm. at the best seat in the house, created some, I think some really fun atmospheres coaches versus cancer night, Farm appreciation night, just lots of fun that brought people into the game. And for me, it was just a way to stay involved with the kids. Um, football, you know, we built a ship uh, that we have, this is those down at Todd Field. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that. And that was a nice way to stay involved with the football program. We have cleaning stadiums. And I think having been a coach, I think you just look for ways that you thought parents could help you. And so that's what I've always kind of done with with Mick and tennis I just said whatever I can do to help. I think I was an assistant coach in charge of facilities and uh, I ran his tournaments for him. So um, whatever we can do as those strengths. I, I do see myself, I, I would like to coach with the next couple of years. I have a desire to come back, uh, go to Egan and coach freshman football. We've talked about it for a long time. I think I'll stay in this role as an assistant principal. Mm-hmm. I used to have a desire to be a head principal and I, I really don't have that anymore unless a really great opportunity came along. Um, I like what I do. And it would be fun to get back into coaching. I certainly miss it. It was, it was the best. There's nothing like being a coach.
1: For sure. And just the, uh, the amount of kids that you can work with on a, on a yearly basis, you know, on a daily basis, on a yearly basis. And obviously with you coaching, I mean, coaching coach and track and football and basketball and everything else. Um, you just get a huge amount of opportunities to work with kids and kind of refine your skills. So it is a pretty unique opportunity, you know, Saul.
0: Yeah, it's, 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 as much as it's the season, it's the nine months off season that you get to know the kids even better. Mm-hmm. And I know you, you get this in wrestling and, you know, the summers that we spend together working in the weight room and doing that. We used to laugh. There used to be two teams that used to go to the weight room. When I was coaching. It was the wrestling team and the girls basketball team. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you expected the girls to be in the way well, you were in the weight room, it's amazing how many conversations you could have with somebody while you were down in the weight room. and mm-hmm. Just that commitment to excellence and that dedication. You just tried to model that and, um, so those relationships, I don't get those relationships in, in my job anymore with kids. I get them with teachers, but not nearly with kids. Um, so those, those are things that you miss.
1: Yeah. I, especially too, I know what you're saying with, uh, something like the weight room too, you know, when, when a uh, kid on the team sees how dedicated you are to the team and you're there in the weight room, or you talked about coach Moore there on a, on a, uh, you know, January, you know, fifth morning, you know, it's negative 20 out degree, negative 20 degrees and you're, he's in the gym. Um, that just kind of really investigate more, the kids more into you as a coach too, and kind of really what you're talking about and in, in your program. So it's a really neat opportunity. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, last couple of questions then for you, Coach Zach, um, I think you already answered these, but if you would like to expand on it, that'd be great too. So um, I think you talked about parents, uh, parents being a parent, you know, coaching, coach, coaches, coaching. And, uh, but if you could give any more pieces of advice for parents or coaches, what would those pieces of advice be and why?
0: You know, I think I, I just thinking about this question, Tim, if I could give parents any advice, I would say, and I, I know it's probably cliche, but just to sit back and enjoy it. But invest, invest in your kid. Um, you know, we used to laugh, we would be coaching and the the, parent, the parents would drop them off. Oh, I had to go to Target or something. You know, and here we are, we're investing in kids. So invest in your kids, even in their high school years. You know, when you get to host that team dinner, take advantage of it. take advantage of having the kids over inviting the kids over um to be that parent and and just you're still you're still a role model as a parent even though now it's the high school coaches um you're still there and and as that role model you have to understand that as a parent it's the coaches who coach and you need to trust the coaches as hard as that is because if your son or daughter comes to you with, with an issue with a coach you need first of all support your child but be a listener and just sometimes they don't want anything done they just want you to listen your son or daughter to their frustrations or to their joys instead we just wait to speak you know just take it into your kids i used to have a rule with my parents i said when you get in the car you have to be quiet for three minutes say nothing and just let them through. some guys say i made it 10 seconds p i did a good job I made it 10 seconds they just let the kids experience the experience. And as a parent, sit back because when my kids are off to college now, as much as you want them to talk about that game that they, you know, that semifinal game where they play great or that whatever happened. The things they remember, Tim, are the team dinners. Mm-hmm. Yep. They remember all the stupid. They remember the variety show. My God, my boys could label the variety. Remember the songs we sang? I have no idea what songs sang, But for them, that was the most important. So as a parent, just appreciate that. It does go fast. It's gone. Don't, don't be the parent that is calling the coach about playing time. What a waste of time. It's a waste of the coach's time, and it's a waste of your time as a parent. The coach is making the best decision for the team. The coach is making the best decision for you. You are never making the best decision for the team. I've been a parent. My kids always come first. And so in any of my decisions, my kids come first. Well, that's just not my realm to talk to the coach because I don't go to the practices. I don't see what's happening. So you're just wasting your time wanting to talk about things like playing time. It's just, it's actually just silly.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. And I mean, thinking about you just from everything you told us too, throughout this uh, interview here, you know, one of the biggest things you remember from that 1996 girls basketball team was the girls at your father's funeral, you know, those girls there, you know, that that's the, you know, you could probably as a coach, you can name uh, every single play that happened during the game, but those aren't the things you think about on a daily basis. It's those little things that happen um, like coming to a funeral or those, those pregame talks or anything like that, uh, anything like that. So yeah, those are, those are the things that truly matter.
0: It's the, it's the experiences, right. And Mm -hmm. I think I had a friend tell me eight years ago, you, know, you can continue to gather material, material goods and things like that, but it's the experiences that your kids are going to remember. So we go on, we go on trips as much as we can. Uh, we just, we just want to do different things and experience everything. Cause that's the things they talk about. No, we have a pool, but no one really talks about our swimming pool, <laughs> but they talk about the trip to South Carolina or the, or the trip to Disney world. And those are the things you can build with your parents.
1: For sure. Last question then for you same kind of thing, giving advice, and now it's to student athletes. So obviously you've been around many student athletes for uh, many years, almost 20 years coaching, um, over 20 years actually coaching and uh, working in education as well. You had four boys that are almost done going through the high school right now as well. So if you could give student athletes two pieces of advice from your uh, perspective and experiences, what would they be and why?
0: Well, I think the first, I think the first, bit of advice I would give student athletes is to invest. Uh, invest in the work that it takes to get you where you're at. Um, the off season preparation, the strength training, um, the speed development, all of those, and even nutrition. I think Chad Fiken at the high school does a great job and in, in, in the health teachers about talking to the kids about nutrition, taking care of your body. These things that you do in high school now will lead to habits that you'll continue for ever as you go through so it's that investment if you if you can't invest what if you can't invest in sports as a youngster and that's your passion well what are you going to invest in when you get older so it's that investment piece and i think the second piece is to love it just absolutely love it and you're you get to play a game that's all it, it, it i know it's a again it's another cliche all it, it's just a game that's all it is and when the, when they and If you're a parent and you think it's more than a game, come get on a bus with a kid after win or loss, and within about sixty seconds, that it's just a game for them. That's all. So as as the advice to the kids is just to understand it's a game. Turn your parents off at time because they want to talk to you about more things. I just had fun tonight, mom and dad. That's all it was. I just had fun playing the game. I had even more fun going to Applebee's after the game. Mm -hmm. But this was just fun for me. So again, invest and just love what you're doing.
1: For sure. Definitely agree with it. Coach Zach, that's all I got for you. The last thing uh, that we do here, we turn the mic over for you, uh, to you. Uh, If there's anything else you want to add, anything else you want to talk about, anything I forgot to ask you, uh, like I said, the mic is yours and you can go for it.
0: I think the only thing I would say if if I was talking to um, Hastings parents in general, being a Hastings parent now, is you have the best coaches possible for your kids. In all my sports I had, the coaches always put the kid first. Um, and the team second, and the decisions that they made were based on what was best for the team with always having the interest of your child in mind. That's it. That's it. They are all of my boys were treated as young men from all of their coaches, and they developed character and and they will develop, they won't remember the wins and losses. They just won't. Th- those are all great things. But will they re- remember all the lessons that were taught by all of the different Hastings coaches? And Trent has created an athletic program where, that is the biggest thing we it's why we play and it's how we develop our youngsters and that's what the focus is of the Hastings coaches.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. Coach Zach thank you so much I appreciate it. My pleasure.